If you have fallen asleep at 7.30 on a Friday night, you might be a teacher. Teaching is crazy, fun, exhausting, challenging, rewarding, and did I mention crazy? And as Catholic school teachers, we are also entrusted with imbuing Catholic identity. It's a huge responsibility, but fortunately for us, there is Finding God, the amazing K-8 faith formation program from Loyola Press. It's innovative, engaging, and the most inclusive and complete program we've ever used. Multimedia? Check. Scripture? Check. Family resources? Check. Bilingual? Check. And don't forget, posters, worksheets, quick start guides, apps, magazines, lesson plans. Seriously, Finding God has all you need and more. Pray about it. Visit FindingGod.com and order a sample. Finding God might not help you stay awake later on a Friday night, but it will help you sleep better knowing you're helping guide kids toward a faith-filled life. Catholic Teachers Lounge with Jill and Colleen. Welcome to the Catholic Teachers Lounge, the only podcast by Catholic school teachers for Catholic school teachers. I'm Jill. I'm here with Colleen. We're grateful to be together again to laugh, explore, and connect. Thank you to Loyola Press for sponsoring us and for you, the teachers, for doing what you do every day. Colleen, I'm wondering today, I'm feeling reflective, and I'm wondering if you have ever glanced back at old work you have done and realized how much better you are now or smarter or how much differently you would have written it now than you did when you originally wrote it. Or if you, if your own kids, if you have these moments where they look back at their old stuff and realize that they've grown up. (laughs) Wait, for my own stuff, I, I really don't go back and dig through my old papers i ha- i have to say um i have sets of journals in my in my in poems oh, and stuff you oh, know that i wrote teenage poems yep years and years ago that i'm actually afraid to read because they're probably horrible but my i love looking at my kids old stuff and you know to see what they're capable of doing now as 17 and 18 year olds but you know i pull out their old stuff we have memory boxes full of their stuff and you know even at christmas time you know pulling out anything that they ever created their old artwork and even the way that they wrote and things like that you know it's it's very cute i don't think it would be cute if i pulled out my old journals or my old poems oh it might be (laughs) that's funny um well today we're going to talk about portfolios and uh the credit goes to divine providence academy and the principal there is kate beisel because this topic popped back up when i was um working with them for the last few years but it originally occurred to me to do a portfolio assessment my first year teaching And like many of you can relate to, especially if you're in your first year right now, when you come into a position, you're sometimes just given what the teacher did before you and you follow it because you're not sure what else to do. So you follow along with it. And my first year teaching, um, which uh, would have been in the early 2000s, I was um, given these exams to give and they were just, uh, oof, they were matching characters from books to their descriptions and memorizing what happened first, second, and third and different short stories. And just all of it did not make sense to me that you would read stuff throughout the year and then go back and do a study guide of memorizing the content from books and short stories. Like none of that made sense to me. I didn't feel like that was the bigger picture of what we were trying to assess. And so did, you know, followed along for that first year and then beginning in year two, started doing a portfolio Colleen, mm-hmm. did you do portfolios or any any sort of compilation of work 
for students or for yourself. You do this a lot in college classes too. Like you, you pile yeah. up your stuff, especially as, pre- as you prepare to be a teacher, you have like a teaching portfolio that you're adding to over time. I think I always did portfolios and part of it. And, and I didn't, I didn't invent that um, idea. When, like when I taught junior high, um, it was part of the junior high process so that when we did, because we did student-led conferences, mm-hmm. the students would actually lead their parents through the conversation of the um, you know, evolution of their work over the course of a quarter or a semester or the year, whatever the case may have been. So that was my first experience with portfolios and students. And um, I don't think it made much of an impact on me then, but when I taught high school, and, and I taught, you know, the college credit classes and things, and the students did a lot of, then they, like at the end, they had to do portfolio assessment. And then that's really when it clicked to me was this is the um, the record of the progress that a student yes. has made and for that student to reflect upon. So there was a rubric that went along yes. with it in the writing course, and that was really meaningful. So yeah, absolutely. So let me let me flesh this out a little bit more. Okay. So as I developed it for middle school, and again, I don't the credit doesn't go to me. There's plenty of research on mm-hmm. portfolio assessment. So I, this is not a, an idea that was invented in this teacher's lounge. It's more of just how do you implement it differently in different places. Yeah, but for me. It was students compiling their work, you know, how they became stronger readers and writers and public speakers in my course. And so throughout the year, they had to hold on to certain papers. And when they got to the end of the marking period, the exam time was all about, well, first of all, they had to go back and make edits to those papers again. So now mm-hmm. make now you're a stronger writer than you were in yeah. September. So do one, do one more round of revising, editing, adding to um, making new taking new risks in this writing and then reflecting on it during the exam time. So administrators always struggle with this because they're like, what do you mean you're not giving an exam? And I would have to explain, no, actually the exam period will be them writing essays. They're going mm-hmm. to be writing reflective essays. And again, my, you know, my background was doing research in metacognition, but asking students things like, how is your writing different now than it was in September? Or Find evidence to back up the fact that you are a stronger writer now than then. You're doing argumentative, self-reflective writing where you're making a claim, you have evidence, and you have reasoning, and Mm -hmm. you're doing that a few different times during that exam period. And asking students, again, it's our job to have students think harder than we are. So instead of memorizing facts about books, we're asking them to go back through and self-assess their growth over time. Now, a different twist on this, and this goes back to Divine Providence Academy, is an achievement portfolio. So what I just described is a growth portfolio. How have I mm-hmm. grown over time? An achievement mm-hmm. portfolio is used in multi-age classrooms more often because you are not assuming if you are running a multi-age classroom, you have students in your class who would have traditionally been in third, fourth, and fifth grade, and you're not going to give them all the same tests at the end of the marking period. That doesn't make sense. So instead, you are in a fluid timing here, when a student has done all of the fourth grade math work, they should compile evidence that they are proficient in fourth grade math and ready to move on to fifth grade math. That might happen in November. That might happen in June. Like we don't know. So once a student has been on a personalized pathway to get through fourth grade math, they're putting things together. They're taking quizzes, tests, their work, um, aligning things to standards, and they're piecing together that they are ready for the next grade level of math. So that portfolio probably has, you know, a prescribed list of things 
but not everybody in the class is going to be able to compile those things together at the same time because you are allowing students to be on personalized pathways. So an achievement portfolio means kids are working at different times because they are achieving at different rates. And then um, a growth portfolio is what I did when I was teaching a traditional middle school language arts classroom and a traditional high school um, language arts classroom. So different portfolios for potentially different purposes, but I enjoy this topic very much because the traditional test drives me a little bit crazy. So Jill, though, for us as English teachers, portfolios make great sense. They're kind of easy to do. You know, and, and you know, I was just reflecting back on I I wonder if those the junior high portfolios that I did, you know, way back, that would have been when I first started teaching in the late 90s, but mid-late 90s. But they um probably did also have some very traditional tests like the one that you were describing, some matching and things like that. So maybe not as effective. Maybe that's why it didn't make much of an impact on me then. In different subject areas, how can this be applied in the same way? Because how do you do a social studies portfolio? How do you how do you assess growth in different subjects? What do you think of that? Again, I think in it's art, you could do it in art, but sure. I don't know. Oh yeah, yeah, sure. Or anything that's spiraled, you could, uh-huh. you could do it because you're progressing in a in a deeper way. Um, but let's take something that's content heavy, like social studies. So if it's a U.S. history class and you're learning about different eras of U.S. history and you're taking a test and there's mm-hmm. content to learn and there's essays to write and there's there's all of that. When you get to the end of the marking period, the question becomes: So what? So, okay, compile your tests and quizzes from Revolutionary War, Civil War, whatever, these different eras, Reconstruction, all of it, and then start to piece them together. So the question becomes, use all of your tests and quizzes, which hopefully you did well on because you can use them and they're in front of you. How do these eras make sense together? Or what what might be the connection here? Ooh, there's our bell. But I think I think there's ways to have students reflect without having them just memorize new things or re-memorize things that they have. So I would love to hear people chime in on this and hear how they use portfolios. So let's Good. let's leave it there. More episodes to come on this. So yeah. thanks for the energy boost. We love exploring your ideas, affirming your efforts. Keep these ideas coming and tune into our next episode. We'll talk more about great ideas from you, our fellow teachers. We'll see you next time. <laughs>